What is Yutes Kislev? What is the, the, what happens on Yutes Kislev? How does it affect us as individuals? This is something that this Sikha is going to delve into and explore based on the Rashi, in the first Rashi of the Parsha with a beautiful Pirush from the Magid of Mezrich. So it's a longer sicha a little bit, but it's a very gishmaka sicha. We'll try to move a little faster than usual, so that way um, it doesn't take too long. But we certainly want to go through this um, as we gear up and prepare ourselves for the Yem Yamtiv Rosh Hashanah Lachasidus Yutes Kislev. Kedushas Merucham Yad Morsiper Shabbos Parshas VaYishlach Tovkof Lamed Gimel Hashabbos HaAcharenu LeChayi Yerav Amagid BeMezrich BeChayim Chayusei BaAlmodein. The Friedrich Rebbe tells over in a sicha that on Shabbos Parshas VaYishlach Tovkof Lamed Gimel 1773, which was the which was the Mezricher Magid's final Shabbos on this physical earth, Omar BeShochvei Almitosei BeMaimid HaChavraya Kadisha. He said. The following teaching while lying on his bed in the presence of the Chavraya Kaddisha. The Chavraya Kaddisha was a term used to describe the group, the society of the Talmidei Hamagid. So he said like this, the Pasuk says, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim. Yaakov sent Malachim. Now some of Farshim say Malachim means messengers, human messengers. Upirish Rashi, however, Rashi says Malachim Mamish, that it means actually angels. So the Magid said, What's Pshat Malachim Mamish? Hamamish Shalah Malachim Shalach Yankiv Le'esav. The Mamish, the tangible, the physical part of the Malachim was sent by Yaakov to Esav. Aval Haruchni is Nishirim Yaakov, but the Ruchni is remained with Yaakov. Bitsarach Lavim Vazes. So on this teaching of the Magid, the Magid says that the, the, Ruchni is to part the essence, so to speak, of the Malachim remained with Yaakov. And Yaakov sent to Esav the Mamish, the external, the physical element of the Malachim. So we have to understand. The whole reason why Yaakov used angels, even though generally you're not supposed to use angels for your personal bidding. The Lebanese Adam he didn't send humans. Mistaber Leimar Shulafi Shekavanosay Shal Yaakov Vishlichazu Hoisam Levaredes Esav. It would make sense to say that Yaakov's intention was that the Malachim should be Mevarer Esav. They should refine him, uplift him. For the Chen Shalachil of Malachim, Kidavka Vekeicham Lemalish Lichazu Pulas Abir. The only Malachim have the power to be Mevarer Esav, and therefore he sent Malachim and not people so that they can get the job done. But in that case, the question would be asked, why would Yaakov keep the Ruchnius, the, the, the spiritual element of the Malachim for himself? Obviously, it's the spiritual element of the Malachim that is going to be able to do this birr. He's not, he's not sending Malachim for them to do a birr out of the mamashas of the Malachim. So what, was, what would be the purpose or the gain of sending the Malachim, especially if he's keeping the Ruchnius, their Ruchnius, with him? With him? Before we get into this, into, into, into why did he send this and not that, 
The whole concept is, is not understood. How do you separate it? What, what, how, how do you separate the mamish, the goof, the body, the physical of the malach from the spiritual, the soul of the malach? Even by a human being or even by an animal, it's impossible for the body to accomplish anything without the soul. Which the body is totally sub subjugated and totally secondary to the nefesh, to the soul. And certainly by a malach, which the main part of the malach, the primary aspect of the malach is the nefesh. How do you separate the, 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 the guf, if you will, or whatever would be considered a guf, the mamish of the malach, and send it to do a job, a function, without its, its, its nefesh? So that's two questions so far. Number one, why would Yaakov not send the Ruchnius of the Malachim since his whole goal was to be Mavarar Esav? Number two, how do you even separate the Guf and the Nefesh or the Ruchnius and the Gashmius of the Malach? And then we have a third question. The fact that Ashi adds the word Mamish literally or actually angels, is to negate the other commentaries who say that it was human messengers. But meaning to say the word mamish rashi is emphasizing the fact that these were angels, really angels, not any other entity. So obviously Rashi means that they were entirely a malach. It was a malach in its full entirety. But according to the Magid, who wants to say that we're negating or we're excluding rather the ruchni is the spiritual element of the malach. That the Esav did not get the, the entirety of the Malach. Because their main element is their spirituality. And if their spirituality remained behind, then Esav only got, was sent, a part of the Malach, and not the Malach in its entirety. So seemingly the Pirush of the Magid is incongruous with the Pirush of Rashi. Rashi is trying to emphasize it was really a Malach, it was much more spiritual than a human being. And the Magid is saying it wasn't really a Malach, it was just a part of a Malach. So that's our third question. That the Magid is coming to seemingly uh, uh, interpret Rashi or explain Rashi, and he ends up being the opposite of what Rashi seems to be trying to tell us. So that's our question on this Maimer of the Magid. Our, these are our questions on this Maimer of the Magid of Mizrich. So in Oiz Beis, we're going to answer the question. And we're going to say that it doesn't mean that, the mam, that, that we split the Malach in, in half and we sent one part to, to Esav and the other part remained behind. It means that the whole Malach went to Esav but it spiritually remained connected to Yaakov. Oizbeis.
So based on all these questions, because of all these questions, we must conclude. That the Magid's intent was not to tell us that Yaakov sent only the Mamish, only the tangible uh, physical aspect, the body of the Malach, which is, which is secondary and of, non, of no significance to the Malach without the spirituality. So we can't say that he's sending that to Esav, the Malach, the Magid wants to tell us, the sending of the Malachim was in such a manner, that even coming to Esav, where, and when they were present by Esav, with their goof and their nefesh, with their full entirety, nevertheless, this is a very important dekuda, because this is going to come up later on in the Sicha. They were not disconnected from their bond, from their hiskashlus to Yaakov at any time. In the Ha'ara, he points out that the Lashen of the Magid in Yiddish is mit Yaakov. That the, when he says that the, that the Mamish went to Esav, and the Ruchnius remained, it says, mit Yaakov, with Yaakov, not ba Yaakov. I, I, I'm not trying to say ba in English. People say ba, but I don't know what that means. Ba Yaakov would mean near Yaakov. That they remained in the physical space of Yaakov. Mit Yaakov means with Yaakov could be even spiritually speaking. What the Magid is telling us is that yeah, Malachim were sent by, by Yaakov to Esau. They went as a Malach, Guf and Nefesh, whatever makes up a Malach went. But nevertheless, at any given moment, even while being in the presence of Esau, they remain connected to Yaakov. It's as if they only came to Esau with their physical uh, element because their spirituality was connected to Yaakov at all times. Which means that they felt it was, it was, Nirgish, uh, um, it was, they, they, they felt at any moment that this is not their place. Their true place where they belong is by Yaakov. Visham, Ikaram, Vinafsham, that is their primary residence or their primary place. And that's where their soul belongs. And the fact that they, they find themselves by Esav is only as a secondary uh, 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 function solely for the purpose of fulfilling the shlichus of Yaakov. Just like in the person, his guf, his 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 physicality is not a, a, a true or full identity. It's only secondary to the nefesh. So too, by the Malachim, they felt that they don't belong where they are. They're only there, uh, let's even say the word temporarily, to fulfill the shlichus of Yaakov. But where do they truly belong? They truly belong by Yankiv Avinu. So this answers a number of questions. This answers how you can split up the Malachim. Because they weren't split because they went entirely uh, 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 to Esav. 
This also explains the, 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 the question was, why would he leave the nefesh behind if he wants to be mevarere? So he didn't leave the nefesh behind. Both the guf and the nefesh went. It's just that they constantly felt their connection to Yaakov. And then we'll answer now the third question that we had, where we thought that there was a stereo, a contradiction between the, between the Magid, the Magid's pshat of Rashi, and the basic understanding of Rashi. So we'll understand that now we'll realize that not only does the Pirush of the Magid not contradict this simple understanding, the basic understanding of this word Mamish. The Magid is clarifying and explaining what the word Mamish means. The ability that Malachim Mamish have to be able to effect a birur, a refining and cleansing of Esav, which Esav is the epitome of physicality and materialism, is only if their soul and their spirituality is connected uh, and and dvuka in his cleaving is is an even stronger connection to Yaakov. The enomishtanis gam kishem nimtzoyim until eitzav and they don't change even in Esav's presence. The nimtzay eifay shepirushes shalamagid sheraka mamish sholach Yaakov leEsav madgish edyeser es apirush aposhos otevus mamish shesholach es malachim beifin shoyiv nisharu malachim mamish comes out that the magid's pirush that he sent the mamish to Esav, and the Ruchnitz remained behind, he's actually explaining that even when the Malachim were by Esav, they were real Malachim. Why were they real Malachim? Because they were connected to Yaakov Avinu. Because they, rec they recognized that this is not their place. So we've turned this around a little bit. Initially we thought that we were separating the spirituality was going, was staying by Yaakov, and the physicality was going to Esav. And we wondered, then you're not sending the whole Malach. So now we're saying, first of all, that we are sending the whole Malach. But by the Magid explaining this idea that the whole Malach goes, but remains connected to Yaakov, that means that he's a real Malach. If the Malach would go to Yaakov and would forget where its real place is, would think that it belongs by Esau, then he would lose some of his Malach status, because he's, he, he's losing himself. By Esau, by, by, the, by the Malach Mamish. Meaning to say, by going and connecting to Yaakov at all times, this is how they retain the fact that they're Malachim Mamish. And now the Magid of Mizrich is actually clarifying and explaining what does Rashi mean, Malachim Mamish? What does it mean they were real Malachim? They were so real that even when they left Yaakov and they went to Esau, they did not disconnect from Yaakov for even a moment. And with this, we answer the question on. The Rashi on the Magid, we now understand what the Magid is saying, we now understand what Rashi is saying, asked and answered. In Oiz Gimel, we're going to now begin to utilize this teaching as a message to us, as those who followed in the ways of the Magid of Mizrich, or the ways of Chassidus, and in the ways of the Talmud of the Magid of Mizrich, who later was Meyasid, Teres Chassidus Chabad, the Alter Rebbe. Oiz Gimel. This teaching of the Magid and the lesson that we're going to learn from it in our Aveda, will be understood 
with even more explanation. If we contemplate for a moment on the time and the situation that this Tater was said, as mentioned before, the Magid said this on his final Shabbos of his life before his Istalkus. We can understand from this that this Mimer has sort of a last will and testament. And a general lesson, a general teaching in how to serve Hashem according to Chesidus, Ula and not just for that time, but for the generations to come. In other words, the Magid was, was leaving this world and left us a message by teaching this, Vayishlach, by Malachim Mamish, teaching this Rashi to us. He was teaching us a message in Abedis Hashem. And since amongst all the Talmidim of the Magid, the Alter Rebbe was his most precious student, as he brings in the order from the Rebbe Yitzchak of Berdichev, that the, he said that my Mechutn, meaning to say the, the, the Alter Rebbe, was very precious in the eyes of our teacher, the Magid of Mezritzvah, and he would speak extensively in his praise, who can aid back into the into the As we know, the Alter Rebbe, the Magid of Mezrich learned with the Alter Rebbe in a unique way. In greater amounts than he learned with the other Talmidim. As we also know the statement of the Bardichev, Rabbi All of us ate from the same plate. And the Litvak, the Lithuanian, this meaning the Alter Rebbe, as he was known by the other Talmidiyah Magid, took the choicest part. In Yiddish, the word is smetna, which means cream. The krem dala krem. In other words, we all ate from the, we all learned from the same Rebbe. But nevertheless, the, the Alter Rebbe, the Litvak, took the krem dala krem, took the best. So since we know that the Alter Rebbe was so precious by the Magid of Mizrich, it's clear that this teaching of the Magid, which was said so close to his Istalkus, is directed even more than the rest of the Talmidiyah Magid to the Aved of the Alter Rebbe, meaning... Namely, to the Seder Aved of Chesidus Chabad, this teaching is even more applicable to, to the Aved of Chesidus Chabad. And to take it even, even a step further, The Magnet said to the Alter Rebbe, is our is a term usually used for a yard site. But literally, it means the day of celebration or a day of a wedding. Hilula is a celebration. So the Magid said to the Alter Rebbe, Yutas Kislev is our celebration day. That year, Yutas Kislev, Tavkov Lamed Gimel, the Magid was Nistalak. Like I said before, 1773, but it's 772 because it's probably uh, before the end of the Gregorian year. On that very same day, and some years later, the Alter Rebbe goes out of jail, of imprisonment on that same day, which he was imprisoned for the spreading and teach of the Teres Achsidus. 
So since the Alter Rebbe was, the Magid said that Yutus Kislev is our Yema Ilula, it makes sense to say, this teaching is specifically connected to the Alter Rebbe's Hilula, meaning the Alter Rebbe's day of Geula. In other words, not only are we saying that the Magid's teaching these was a Tzavot to the world, not only are we saying that, 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 that it's connected specifically to the Alter Rebbe and to Chassidus Chabad because of the close connection that the Alter Rebbe had with the Magid, but it's also connected specifically to Yutis Kislev because it was said right before Yutis Kislev and the Magid connected the two Yutis Kislevs together. So, if you want to understand what is the deeper message in this vort, in this maimir of the Magid of Mizrich, we're going to have to delve a little bit into what is Yutis Kislev. That's what he's going to talk about in Eizdalad, he's going to speak about Yafutsu Maineseha Chutza. And he's going to say something very fascinating. He's going to say that Yutis Kislev is not just something that changed with regards to chassidus, but it's something that is also changed with regards to us, to chassidim, or to klal Yisrael. So the chiddush of Yutas Kislev was, is the idea of Yafutsu Maynesechachutza. Yafutsu Maynesechachutza is what the Baal Shem Tev, what the Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tev. In response to his question, when is Mashiach going to come, the, 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 the Mashiach answered, when the wellsprings of your teachings will be spread out into the outside world um, as far as can be. Not an exact translation, but uh, a, a, a paraphrase. And then, of course, we know that by Yutes Kislev, there was this, the, the, the spreading of Chassidus was expanded into a whole new level. So the union of Yutis Kislev is that there was a whole new level of Yifutsu Manasechachutza. In Teir Sholem, which he, which he references in the order, it says that the main idea of Yifutsu Manasechachutza began after Peterburg. Because the whole union of Chassidus is that anybody, even a simpleton, should be able to understand an union aliki, a godly concept. And this is the whole idea of Yafutsu Manasechachutza, and this became possible more, much more after you test Kislev. Okay. Even though it's very simply understood what it means. It means the spreading of the wellsprings of Chassidus. Nevertheless, to take it a step further, since Yidin are connected to Teda. Not only are they connected like two separate things that are connected together. But Yisrael, Veda, Isa, Kula, Chad, Yidin and Teda are one thing. When there's a Chidish, when something, when there's something new introduced on the level of Teda, Nasa Chidish, Dugmasei, Be'eisa, Shah, Gam, Be'pchines, Yisrael. Then at the same time, there's also a Chidish, something new introduced to, with regards to the level of Yidin. Just to say that again, because it's such a fundamental idea here, that Yutis Kislev, which there was a change in the Torah, in Pchines because Chassidus was introduced onto a whole new level, 
It must be because Yidin are synonymous with Teda. It must be that something was introduced, something new became possible for a Yid or for Yidin as well. And therefore this will apply to this novelty, this newness that was introduced to Tzkislev, that it's not just something that affects Teda, it is also something that affects the Yid. And he's going to explain that in this next paragraph. When we say the wellsprings that began their dissemination into the outside world on Yutis Kislev, it's referring to the wellsprings of Pnimius Atera, the inner dimension of Tera, which is also known as Nishmasa Dairaisa, the soul of Tera. Before Yutis Kislev, what was mostly revealed was the body of Tera, the Nigla of Tera. But the soul of Tera, which is the inner parts, the inner dimension of Tera, that until Yutis Kislev was Behalem. Now, of course, there was the Balshemtiv, there was the Magid, there was the Altarev before, there was obviously other, uh, other revelations, but compared to the Gili of Yutis Kislev, before Yutis Kislev is still considered a Halem. It was concealed. The same thing we could apply when using the term Guf and Neshama, the same thing will apply to the, per, to the, to the, to the person. Guf Adam I'm sorry. Uh, this concept that the guf, that, that the neshama was behalem and the guf was begilui, which is before you just kiss them, is like a, a like a person's neshama veguf. The body is something that's exposed. It's it, it's recognizable. You can see it. You can touch it. Not only you can't grasp the neshama with the five senses, sight, a, a smell, touching, tasting, and, 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 and hearing. You can't hear a neshama, you can't see a neshama, you can't taste the neshama. So not only that it's not uh, graspable in, with the five senses, five physical senses. You can't even grasp the neshama with the kayach of the intellect, which is so much more refined than the five senses. The seichel could reach the knowledge that a neshama exists because the neshama is impacting the body. The fact that the guf is alive, it, it forces the intellect to come to the conclusion that there is a soul that is giving it life. But the definition of the soul, what it is, is beyond comprehension of the human intellect. So just like the, the, the goof is visible and the neshama is not, not only is it not visible, it's not graspable, so too, until you tiskislev, the goof of Teda was visible and graspable, but the neshama was not. And on Yutiskislev, and what was introduced in Yutis Kislev? That also this concealed and deeper innermost part of Teda was drawn down and became possible to be revealed. And so much so you could learn it, you could grasp it with so You could grasp the, the, the secret 
secrets of Torah, the inner part of Torah, just so you can grasp Nigla, and you can even teach it and disseminate it to the outside world. And now he goes back, we started saying that whatever is introduced in Torah is also introduced in the person. So just like it is Kislev, there was this unbelievable revelation that this Nishmasa Deiraisa that up until now was concealed, now became revealed and you could learn it and understand it. This chiddush that it happened in the Teira. Gilu nishmasa deiraisa, the revelation of the soul of Teira. Bidug mosay. Similarly, v'al yodei, and because of that, nishchadish was gam b'chines Yisrael, the same thing was introduced also on the level of the Yid. Sh'anashama sh'aboy. The Yid's nishama. Sh'mitzad atzmahi behelem kanal. That on its own accord, it is concealed. As we mentioned earlier, but because of Yutiskisla and because of the Gilui of Nishmasa Deir Aisa, it became possible that Toyer, that's the Begilui, Hainu Gambinyani Agufsule, that the Nishama should, should shine in a revealed way, even in his physical bodily functions. Bodily functions mean, I mean, let's say, the actions of the body. This is an incredibly important nekuda that your test kislev is not just the hisgalus of teiras achsidus on a whole new level, but it is also the, the the day that it becomes possible that the neshama of a yid should shine begili on a goof in a way that prior to this it wasn't possible. And now we're going to explain in the next few ACS, we're going to explain what is the pshat that the guf, that the neshama should shine into the guf. What does it mean? That the neshama should, should, So I say, he's going to begin, the explanation. And the way the neshama is revealed into the body, there's two general, two general ways. Aleph, his galus on neshama b'midu kazu sheyashla shlita al aguf. The neshama is revealed to the guf in a way that it controls the guf, the body. Va'aguf nichnala and the body submits to the neshama. Ava v'kol zeh nirgesh aguf k'mitzias la'atzmei. But it does not uh, negate the fact that the guf still feels itself as an independent entity. The guf feels itself as an independent entity, and the neshama tells it what to do, and the guf listens. But the guf can always choose not to listen, theoretically speaking. In other words, the guf is its own person, its own entity. Bez, the second and higher level is, Sha'a neshama hi bizgalus kol kach behaguf, at shahaguf einoi metzius la'atzmei The neshama is so revealed, so impactful, Onto the goof that the goof loses its independent entity, um, which this is the amitis in Yagila Neshama of a goof. This is the true revelation of the Neshama and the goof. That the goof becomes, uh, uh, loses its metzias, it becomes totally one with the Neshama. And to understand this, I mean, what does this even mean? He's going to use a muscle from the relationship of the, of the Nefesh Abam, the Nefesh Achayunis, with the, with the goof. That that when a person is alive, his soul, meaning to say his, either the animal soul or, the, or, or his life soul, the soul that gives it life, it tells him what to do. Move your hand, put your hand down, shake your head, shake. And, and, and he does it. There, there, there's a seamless connection between the nefesh abamis and the guf. 
And that's the muscle that he's going to use to explain that when the neshama is bizgalus and the guf, there is also a seamless connection between the neshama, the nefesh alikis, and the guf. And we'll use an example of the guf. Of the, of the guf and nefesh abamis. You can't differentiate between the two of them, the body and the nefesh abamis, and say that the body is its own entity. And it's fulfilling the rotsen of the nefesh abamis because it's being commanded to do so and it's under its control. Can't say that. Since the soul, the nefesh meaning, is the giving the the, the goof its life. It is totally one with a total oneness and nullification. The nefesh doesn't have to tell the goof, do this, do that. Automatically, because it's giving it life, it is totally bottled to it, and therefore, automatically, the goof does the rotsen of the nefesh. The nimshol is going to be to the neshama. The atom kruyim adam. Because the Yidin are called Adam. Adam is named after Adam Eldin. We are compared to the Abishter. By a Yid, even his Gashmi Stikachayas is not coming only from the Nefesh Abamis, it's coming from the Nefesh Elikis. So just like in, in, in the Moshe, the Nefesh Abamis and the Guf, the Guf is the Kali of the Nefesh Abamis. And therefore, it does everything automatically. By a yid, the nefesh elikis is what's giving its chayis, and therefore, the whole the goof of the yid is a clear of the neshama. In order for the neshama to be able to fulfill the avishtas ratzim, which uh, yeah, it has to do practical mitzvahs. The only way the neshama could do these mitzvahs is through the guf. The whole mitzvahs of the guf is for this purpose. Because through the guf, the neshama could fulfill its purpose in this world. Because only with the guf can it do gashmish like mitzvahs. They say meres. The entire purpose and existence of the Yid is only for the purpose of being a Mishkan for the Eibishter. Like the famous Maimir Chazal that the Rebbe repeated an infinite amount of times that within every single Yid that every Yid is a Mishkan and he's not his own independent entity. Just so... Before we continue on this, you know, on this build-up, I just want to stop and make sure we understand what we're holding. So he's saying like this, he's saying is that just like by the guf, the nefesh abamis, they are seamlessly connected. Because the chayis of the guf comes from the nefesh abamis. By a yid, this chayis comes to the nefesh alikis because the whole reason that it exists is only to be able to serve the nefesh alikis' purpose of doing mitzvahs. And therefore, the, nef- the yid's nefesh, the, the yid's guf, is seamlessly connected with the nefesh alikis, not that it has to be commanded and controlled by the nefesh alikis or by the neshama 
but they are, but ka'ifen abeis, that the neshama is, like the second oifen in the beginning of say the neshama is so con, so revealed in the guf that it, the guf is totally bottled to the neshama. And he continues to, 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 in the middle of this, of the, of the pay, of the second column of 103. And he continues to explain this idea that the whole purpose of the yid is to be a mishkan le baruch. And he's not to be a mitzvah to himself. And it's the whole purpose of the yid is just like it says in the, just like it says in Medrash that 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 is one who fulfills the rasna of the bile of her husband. The yid is the avishter's ishik sheira, and the whole purpose is to be to do the rasna of bile, which is the avishter to, to fulfill what the avishter wants. And not only that, that the, that the, that the, that the yid is doing something to fulfill the avishter's rasna, but more than that, ubeifin demasha karnet seisha karna bile. That whatever the Isha owns, acquires, the Baal automatically acquires. And not only does she agree to transfer her acquisition to her husband because she wants to do his will. The husband acquires it automatically because the husband and the wife are so seamlessly connected that whatever one owns, whatever the wife owns, the husband automatically owns. It's a very powerful muscle when you're talking about the Yid and the Ebishter, about, about the, the Nisham of the Guf, how they're, 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 they're so connected. Even if you're going to say, what about those people that are not on the level of an Ishak Shayra? They're not on that level that whatever the Ebishter wants, they do. At least they'll be in the level of Evet, Hashem's servant. Because being an Avedas Eved is the beginning and the primary and the source of root of all Avedas. As he says in the beginning of Tanya Perek Malev, that even if you can't come to the Ava, at least you could come to the Yira to recognize that the whole union is to be, to serve the Hashem as an Eved. And by Eved has the same Allah that whenever an Eved acquires, automatically the Rabbi, the rabbi automatically the owner, the master owns it. Not only he doesn't rebel against his master, and not only does he agree to utilize his own assets as the Odin, what his master would want, or not even that he agrees to hand over his assets to his master. To, to begin with, the Nechassim don't belong to him. He is so bottled to his master that anything that he acquires automatically goes to his master. And so too by a Yid, anything that a Yid, anything that a Yid does is automatically connected to the Abishter, and anything that the Guf does is automatically connected to the Nishama because the Nishama it has such a Gilu, such a revelation, and therefore such an impact on the Guf that the Guf becomes a, a bottle and a Kali to the Nishama and does not have its own independent entity. So, we started out saying that I need to Kislev. 
because there's a just like there's a chiddush in Teira, there's a chiddush in in the in the individual yid, in the hisgalus of the neshama and the guf. So we started explaining. Let's try hisgalus on neshama and guf. On one level, it means that the neshama can tell the guf what to do, and the guf listens. On another level, it means the neshama doesn't have to tell the guf what to do. The neshama is so uh, revealed in the guf that the guf automatically does what the neshama wants. These two levels, we're going to say in Ayis Beis, in Ayis Vav, are these two levels of, the nisha, of, the, of impact of the Neshama and the Guf will express themselves into two different levels of Aveda, which are very commonly explained in the Rebbe Sichas, B'chol Masecha Yiyu L'Shem Shemayim and B'chol D'Rechecha D'Eyu. These two levels, which, have, which are explained in many different Sichas and are, will be explained here again, are, a, are, a, are, an, uh, are an expression, respectively, of the two levels of impact that the neshama has on the guf that we just explained in the neshama, These two levels in the way the neshama reveals itself into the body. The first one, the neshama, only controls the body, but the body retains its its, its identity. The second day is that the guf loses its identity and becomes totally bottled to the neshama. These two levels in the neshama are consistent with these with the two different of manners or styles of aveda. And Bez, it's known the difference between these two Efanim. And has been explained in other Sikhs as well. Call it, let's do the words. All your actions, all your deeds, should be for the sake of heaven. That when he does whatever he does, when he engages in his, in his affairs, it's not for an ulterior motive, but it's solely for the purpose of heaven, for the Abishter. But the actions, the deeds themselves are mundane actions. A person could be eating, could be drinking, could, go, could be in, 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 going to work. He's doing regular things, but his kavana, his intent is for the Abishter. But the Aveda of Bechol Derech Echad Eyu, who Beifin Kazesh Bchinis Deyu Yediyas Avayi Bechol Derech Vinyanom Atzma Vinyanov Atzma, that the knowledge of Hashem is permeating everything that He's doing. Leishem Bishvil Deyu, not that He's doing His own personal things for the sake of Deyu to know Hashem. In the very action itself, he knows Hashem. So the first one is that you're doing something that's a gasmistic thing, a mundane thing, but it has a good intent. The second is that the thing itself is not mundane. The thing itself is permeated with the knowledge of Hashem. And what does this mean? means like this. One might suggest to say that the only way to reach the the knowledge of Hashem is through being engaged only in holiness, learning the Abish's Teda and fulfilling his mitzvahs. 
One can ask, how is somebody going to reach the Eyu when he's involved in permissible things? Permissible things means say things that are not Kedusha. In his food, in, in, in his eating, and his drinking, and in his daily business. That's what this Pasuk is telling us. That in all of your ways, you should know Hashem. Umitzvah, a person should should endeavor that his eating should be holy. And it should be a mitzvah. Not only that a person should eat for the sake of being able to have the kayach to learn and daven afterwards, but the eating itself should be a mitzvah. For example, eating on Shabbos, which is a mitzvah to be ma'aneges a Shabbos, to enjoy Shabbos with food, or a sudas mitzvah, a bris, a chasana, a siyum, or eating kachim in the time that the Bishamikdus was standing, which these are all the eating physical food, but it's a mitzvah. And he brings in the Ha'ara about Yitzchak. The Yitzchak, he didn't plant actually Yitzchak Zara Dagon, Zara Tzaka. That even though Yitzchak means the Yitzchak didn't plant a wheat, he planted Tzedakah. Now, of course, the Pasuk says he planted wheat. It means that it wasn't just that he was he wanted to have money so that he could have money in order to give Maisim. The very planting of the wheat was. Totally for the, was totally for part of the mitzvah of Maiser. So these are two different fundamental The one is a chomasechal when a person is engaged in his mundane matters, but but he has a proper intent. And then there's a higher level where he's engaged in spiritual things, even though it's doing something physical in the physical action that he's doing. Herzichon that it's something holy. They are dependent on the two levels of the Yisgalas and Neshama, which we spoke in the previous ace. When the level of the Neshama's is revelation is to the point that it could control the body, but the body remains its own independent entity. Then he's on the first level of the Shem Shemaim. Meaning to say that mundane matters, body things, still uh, are still important to him. But the guf and all of its affairs are, sub, sub, uh, 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 are subjugated, are submitted to the neshama that is controlling it. Therefore, in actuality, everything that he does on the Shemayim, since he has his own interests, but the neshama forces him, so to speak, that he, that he, that he should eat and drink, whatever, it should be the Shemayim. But in the second level, if the neshama's revelation is to such a deep level that the goof is totally bottle, it doesn't and it doesn't have its own independent entity, as in its own independence, then even when he engages in worldly matters, it's on a level of the eu and all in that level in the in the mundane thing itself. You know Hashem. Because you don't, you don't detect any 
of the physical entity. It's only about knowing Hashem. So in Eisvav, he laid out for us that these two levels that we, that we spoke about, the impact of the neshama and the guf, that the neshama, one, that the neshama controls the guf, two, that the guf becomes buckled to the neshama, will be expressed in the Aveda of Muhammad Sachayil Hashem Shemayim, which occurs when the neshama is controlling the guf. And occurs when the person, when the goof is in a state of bittel to the neshama, and because of that, even his, even his regular affairs are imbued with the knowledge of Hashem. In Eis Zion, he's going to take the second level and he's going to break it down into two more levels to say that within the idea of even there you could see it in two different ways. In other words, you can see the impact of the neshama on two levels. More specifically, within the Aveda there's two levels. Level one. Even though, as we said, everything that he does is imbued with the Gdusha, with the knowledge of Hashem. But you still can feel, you still can experience the material aspect of it as well. For example, need on Shabbos. The whole mitzvah is that you should enjoy Shabbos with fatty meat and aged wine. You're doing it as a mitzvah. It's a holy act that you're doing. But in order to fulfill this mitzvah, you have to experience the gashmius of it. That's how you enjoy this thing. And that's how you fulfill the mitzvah. So level one is your take, doing it as a mitzvah, as a holy act. But it's a holy act that also allows you to experience the gashmius of whatever you're doing. Vase. The second level, that his, his, his material or physical uh, uh, things that he's doing are so subjected, so bottled, so one with the lakus. Their entire entity was transformed into holiness. You don't even experience, you can't feel the gashmis. Not only because there's so much oil involved, there's so much light of Kedusha, because the person is so engaged in the Da'ayu and the knowledge of Hashem. It's not because of the Nibi Ur that drowns out the Gashmias. No, it's because of the transformation that occurred that the Dover Gashmi itself became Kiddush, became holy. So level one is that you can still experience the Gashmias, even though it's a holy thing that you're doing. Level two is that the Gashmias, the element of Gashmias is, is, is gone because it has been totally transformed into something that is only holy. And just like when we introduced these two, the first two levels, the, uh, of, the of the impact of the Neshama and the Guf, we used the, the Marshal, of the nefesh abamis and the guf 
to understand in the nimshul the nefesh alekis and the guf. Again, we're going to use a marshal from the nefesh abamis to understand this idea, specifically the second level, that you do not experience the gashmias. The gam inyan zeh, also this inyan, the second level that we just discussed. Move on, could be understood from the, 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 the manner of the bitl of the goof to the nefshabamis. The hinekla because it's a very known fact, known rule. That when the person's body is healthy, then he doesn't feel his body. The fact that you don't feel anything, he is the sign of health. When he starts feeling something, even if he doesn't feel a pain, he feels some weight. He feels he feels some he feels something as a varov. He feels something, some weight, some heaviness. In his limbs, or reish, or yaleiv, or yad, or regal, the head, or the heart, the hand, or the foot. When you start feeling something in your hand, you know that there's something wrong with your hand. It could be, you know, you, 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 you overworked it, you work too hard, you, you feel a cramp, you feel, as soon as you feel something, you know that something is wrong. Me either in that limb or in the whole, in the whole body. What's the reason that you don't feel, you usually don't feel anything? Because this entire entity is the life force that's coming from the nefesh. Therefore, he doesn't feel it. When everything is working right, there's a total bitl. In other words, it's almost as if to say that when a person uh, uh, feels a headache, or, or, or feel something in his goof, it's because his goof is rebelling. Some, there's, there, there, there's a disconnect in the chayis, and the proper chayis. Therefore, the goof, that disconnect, is creating a feeling. But if everything is working right, then you don't feel anything because the bitl is intact. The bitl of the goof to its chayis is intact. Al nefesh the same thing, and then the name of will be with regards to Nefesh Alekis. So Yehudi Bari, who's there, a healthy Yid is one. She called Gufvay v'Nafshiyah b'Hamis v'Chelkei b'Elam in a Negoshin Limitzius that the Bittel is so strong in his Guf, in his Nefesh Abamis, in his Chelkei b'Elam. The whole Mitzius of Nefesh Alekis, the whole Mitzius of Nefesh Alekis, the Neshama is is so functional. With, and so impactful on the person that all of the gasmius of the person is bottled to the neshama. So what he feels is neshama. So he's, if he's eating something, he's going to bring the muscle of eating in a moment. So let's let I'll, I'll, uh, we'll do we'll do it from inside. But before we bring the muscle, so when a person is engaged in gasmius, he doesn't feel the gasmius at all. He doesn't experience any gasmius. That's this second level within the second level. For example, we're going back to Achila. Previous, we brought the example of Achila on Shabbos, where you're, where you're experiencing the gishmak shaft of the, of the food. And that's how you're doing the mitzvah. So now he's going to make another example in Achila. That the whole, when he eats it, the food, the whole experience is that his 
purpose is to draw down a lakus into the food that he is eating. And through bringing it into the food, he's bringing a lakus into the world, into the physical, materialistic world. And how do you draw it down through the bracha? He's making a bracha. Al Michael, he's making a bracha on the food. That's why he's eating the food. What is he experience when he eats the food? That the Abish there is the king of the world. That the Elokus is Balabas unveiled. So, an example before we brought up eating on Shabbos, you have to experience Gashmias. In order to enjoy the food, the food and, and be ma'anagas on Shabbos, you have to feel Gashmias. The next level is when the person eats solely for the purpose of recognizing and acknowledging and letting the world know that Melakainu Malachailam. So, the, the Gashmias of the food is irrelevant. You don't feel the Gashmias. You feel the fact that the Abish there's Malachailam. And the same thing applies to business. Even though he's involved in business, as businessmen will do, as merchants will do. In other words, he's doing it everything regularly. The whole experience of what he's doing is the knowledge of Hashem. As the story, the famous story about Rabbi Yom Kletzker, from one of the great, from the great, from the great Talmidim of the Alter Rebbe. His business was in the lumber business. His parnasa was from the lumber business. That's how he was called Kletzker. Kletzker from the word lumber, close. One time he was making, taking an accounting of his business inventory and, and, and an accounting of, of the lumber. On the bottom of the page when it came to writing out the sum total, he wrote, There's nothing besides Hashem. This was the sum total of his whole business. That there's nothing in this world but Hashem. That the whole business is all alakos. So, just to summarize this last ice over here, so just like not feeling anything not, it is a sign of a healthy body, not feeling anything, beruchnius, meaning to say not to feel the gashmius of what you're doing is a sign of a healthy nisham of a good relationship. And the, whole, the, the highest level so far that we've discussed, and I think it's the highest level that we've is that you don't feel the gashmius of the food or the gashmius of the business or the gashmius of the experience. And what you're doing, even though it's a, it's a mundane act, it's a physical act, nevertheless, it is all about the ruchnius and the alakus that is being brought into the world because of it. I want to summarize everything up until here, but before I do that, we're going to learn one more ois, which is a Kishmaka story, a very famous story of the Alter Rebbe, where we see the Alter Rebbe living in this Eifen. Every detail and every aspect in Avedis Hashem, the Teres Achsidis demands of us. First and foremost, our Rebbe's. 
paved the way for us with their Aveda, that we should be able to do this Aveda as well. So too in this above mentioned Indian of doing physical things and not feeling the physicality. Also, the Rabbeim paved the way for us. As it is known, the story about the Alter Rebbe, which we see clearly from its story, its content, that he did not experience, he didn't feel the existence of the physical, and his entire being was his nefesh Watch the story. He once hosted a very important guest. It's interesting that the Sikha does not mention who the guest was. Because he was a very special, distinguished guest, the members of the household decided that they would uh, divide amongst themselves the different responsibilities in preparing the food, cooking and preparing the food, in his honor, and this is what it was. This, this, this is what they did. One detail, one seemingly unimportant detail, was forgotten when dividing up the responsibilities. Which member of the household will have the privilege of putting salt in the in the in the food? When each of them remembered about the salt, everyone wanted to have the privilege, the schus, to do so. And each one put the salt, the proper measurement of salt into the food without telling the other person about it. When the food was brought to the Alter Rebbe and his distinguished guest, ate it as he all usually would. But the guest tasted the food and then moved it aside. asked him why he's not eating it. He answered very simply, it's too salty. So the question was, how did Alter Rebbe eat it if it's too salty? So Alter Rebbe said, while still being in Mizrich, as a Talmud of the Magid, he, he, he worked on himself to not experience taste, to not feel taste when he eats. So from this story we see that the Alter Rebbe lived in a way that when he engaged in Gashmias, such as eating, he didn't feel the Gashmias at all. He didn't even feel the taste of the food. Even though this, this, this level is really only applicable to Bnei uh, Aliyah, to someone on a higher level, like the Alter Rebbe. Since the story reached us, since we know the story, this is a proof to us that at least at certain times or in certain situations, it is possible and therefore it is obligatory that at least on some level we should experience this even if we are, 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 are a simple person. He, in the Ara 41, he, he references of Tanya, where it says about even though who is could think that he's even an iota uh, to be on the level of Meshe Rabbeinu. Nevertheless, efetz kotseyu v'shemetz mineyu mirav tu ve'ere meyer l'klolos Yisrael. That at least a, a, a little bit of a little bit and a drop of a drop, Meshe gave to every yid and therefore we, we can experience a little bit of Meshe Rabbeinu. Kamei Kain, the Alter Rebbe paved the way for us, so if not, we can't 
necessarily expect of ourselves to live this experience on a regular day, but in special times and in a special situation, we could expect from ourselves, and therefore we must demand from ourselves at least to live, to do something on, uh, similar to this. And even those who feel that they cannot reach this level, that they should not feel the Gashmis because they are so unified or, or, or one with the Lakus, even in special times they can do so. A person should at least affect themselves, have the effect on themselves. That they should be so uh, distracted by the Aveda of knowing Hashem, so at least that should make him to distract him from the Gashmias. We see clearly that when a person is very excited or very emotional, he can't feel the taste of food. So if you can't, if you can't reach this level because of the fact that, that, that uh, you, you know, you're still a gasmistic person and you haven't reached this level, but at least try to experience the Eyu to the point that you're so distracted by the Eyu that you don't feel the gasmist. So, to summarize where we're holding here, we introduced the fact that I Yutis Kislev not only was there a chiddush in teres achsidus, but there's also a chiddush in the isgalus of the neshama of a yidin to the guf. And we said that there's two levels of, nesha, uh, 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 of the isgalus of the neshama. One, that the neshama controls the guf. Two, that the guf is so bottled to the neshama that it loses its identity. And we said that this is expressed in the two avedas of Kamasechel Hashem Shemayim, where he has mundane, his own mundane de- uh, uh, actions. But at least they are the Shem Shemayim and Bechol that in everything that he does, there is permeated knowledge of Hashem. And then we went into a deeper level that within the knowledge of Hashem, one is that you still feel the Gashmias, and two, that you don't feel the Gashmias at all. And these are the different levels that, we, that you can experience the Yisgalos of the Neshama and the Guf. And now we're going to go back to how, what this has to do with Yitzhak Kislev. And this is the chiddush of Yutas Kislev. In the idea of Yifutsu Menesecha Chutza, not, at this point, we're not talking about the Mayonis of Teres Achsidis, we're talking about the Mayonis Secha Ba'ana Gosei Shal Elam Katan Zahodam. In the conduct of the person, which every person is a micro world, and therefore, just like in the macro world, there was a chiddush of Yutas Kislev in the Afatsa Samayonis of Teres Achsidis to the world, this also is reflected in the individual person. In the term, the words, there's two ideas emphasized. Number one, that not just that the wellsprings impact the outside world, but the mayonis themselves go out of themselves and into the world. That the fact that they're going out into the world is not just that they're going out right outside themselves and they're staying right outside, but in a level of Yafutsu, he spashed to Sahik Dela Rachava such a broad and great dissemination, actually, that there's nowhere in the world that remains uh, empty of these Mayanis. 
כשיש דמוקרים שמיונס אינם מגיעים, שם היא מסבירה בפרנטסיס, אם יש מקום שמיונס אינם מגיעים, This means that their dissemination, their, their outspread is limited. means that it continues consistently, infinitely to spread out to, until there's nowhere in the world where it hasn't spread out. So how does this reflect in the person's Avedim? Every Yid has his well. Referring to the Neshama, that is the origin of everything, because the Neshama comes from the Kisiyah, beneath the Kisiyah covered. And even on a higher level, excuse me, the Neshama is Tehidahi, it comes from Atzilas. So this wellspring, this Neshama, has to come out of itself. And go into his goof, and it should shine and be revealed in the goof, asher in all of his uh, material or physical engagements, which on their own they're really outside of the border of the boundary of the neshama. It's a chutzah legabe the neshama, but yafutzu ma'inisecha chutzah means that the that, that the neshama goes out of itself and impacts the goof. And this revelation of the well of the neshama in the bodily engagements, so it has to be on a level of yafutsu, uh, of, of spreading itself out beyond anything. And on both the levels mentioned above, the neshama that only controls the guf. But the neshama is actually in the guf. That not only the neshama, which means that the neshama is controlling the guf, that whatever it does, all of its guf things, it should be for a holy purpose. But more than that, that, the, that everything that he's doing is actually serving Hashem. That the Hashem's knowledge is permea- permeates every, uh, everything that He does. Bays, but the revelation of the Nishama and the Guf is at such a level of Yafutsu that it goes even to a deeper level, which is the second thing that we spoke about in Siv Bays. The second thing in Siv Zion, I'm sorry. That the Nishama pervades the Guf in such a way that it overflows. His pastors built in Mugbelas an infinite dissemination. There's nowhere left that the goof could feel itself. Because the neshama totally overwhelmed and, over, has, and overtaken the goof entirely. So by explaining Yafutsu Maynesecha Chutza, means by the person, number one, that the, that, that the Mayan goes into the Chutza, that the Mayan, that the Nishama goes into the Guf, and number two, Yafutsu, that the, it goes in such a even that not only it's beyond the Komasach Hashem Shemayim, but it reaches the Kaldirach Echad but even more so, like he explained in Sif Zayim, the second level of, uh, of within the second level, that the Nishama, that the Guf doesn't even feel Guf, doesn't feel Gashmias, it's like, or like not uh, not tasting the soup, not tasting the the salt. It the the the, the goof has totally overwhelmed the body, so the body is so bottled to the goof to the neshama that it doesn't even feel any gashmias. 
So that's the pshat, with regards to Avedas Adam, and that's what happens on your test Kislev, happened, and therefore happens on your test Kislev, that not only was there a chiddush in Teres Achsidis, but there was also a chiddush in the impact of the neshama and the guf, and the gilui of the neshama and the guf of the yid. If you'll remember, we started out saying that this was a message that was coming from the Magad of Mizrich on his final Shabbos on this earth uh, to, to Chesidim and to the Alter Rebbe specifically and connected to Yutas Kislev even more specifically. So now we're going to go back to, to, to see how this understanding of Yutas Kislev is, under, is learned from this Teira of the Magad. Esiot. According to all this, we'll understand with even more of an understanding the teaching of the Magid Hanal, as mentioned at the beginning of the Sikha. The Pirish Malachim Amish, Sha'amr Lufna Yutis Kislev, which he said before Yutis Kislev. Yemistalkus said the day of his histalkus, his passing. Excuse me. And we'll also understand the connection between this Teda and the Gula of the Alter Rebbe, the release of the Alter Rebbe from imprisonment and Yutas Kislev, which on that day was introduced to the world, the idea on a whole new level of Yafutsu Manesecha Chutza. Here's the explanation. The whole idea of the neshama coming down to this world to be mevader the guf and his chelkei ba'elam and to turn this world into a dira for the Ebrish, a dwelling place for Hashem, he dugma sa'inyan deva yishlach yakir malachim gemeral esav is a metaphor for the idea of Yaakov sending Malachim to Esav, Shashlichis zu which the shlichis of Yaakov sending Malachim to Esav was for the purpose of being Mevarer Esav. Ukeshem shashlichis al Yankiv al Esav, Isatzarachli is Dafka. Just like the shlichus of Yankiv to Esav had to be in a, in, a, in a way that it was Malachim Mamish. As we explained earlier, so to when the shlichas of the neshama to come down to be the guf in the world, which is coming to be not just elamatikun, but also elamatayu. Elamatayu is the world where there's a, a lot of light, but not so many kalim to contain that light. And Chesedus, it explains that Yaakov comes from Tikkun and Esau comes from Teyu. So the Neshama is coming down to this world to fix Elam Teyu as well. Asher Zehu Davke al Yedei She'adam Eder Ba'atzmei. Es Pchines HaMalachim, Es Aruchni Yishabai. The only way that a person could fulfill this shlichus to be mevarer this world is only if he awakens within himself the malach within him, the angel within him, which means the ruchnius in him. Only if a person feels and experiences his ruchnius, can his spirituality, his neshama, only then can he actually fulfill his shlichus to change the world. Since it's possible 
that the bitter, that the the the, the uh, elevation or the refinement or the cleansing of the inyanim agashmiim could could be only as kol masachal hashem shemayim shaz neshama beelas beguf rak beifesh ashlit tevelim that then the neshama is still concealed from the guf and it's only controlling the guf at shaguf kechisah shal neshama hamaloboshim beguf asukim boy. But then comes out that the guf and the keiches of the neshama that are malubish in the guf and that are involved with the worldly matters because of the guf are still their own independent entity. It's possible that it's a level, the first level that we discussed is, is that the guf still feels itself as the metzius and therefore... As it, as, 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 it, as it independent from the neshama, and although the neshama controls the guf, but the neshama still is investing efforts into a guf, which is investing efforts into a world. That, that could be a problem. Therefore, the Magid has to tell us. That the ultimate purpose, uh, the ultimate goal, I'm sorry, uh, the ultimate goal and the ultimate... Uh, I guess you could say purpose. The ultimate purpose of birurim, the ultimate way to fulfill the birurim, is only if the keiches of the neshama that are involved in the nyanim gashmim, ha malachim mishlichusum shel el esav, the malachim that are coming from yankiv in their shlichus esav im reakim pchinis mamish. The only way the shlichus really works is if the malach remains as as a mamish. Sheim tefelim ubetelim umyuchadim betachlis mipchinis aruchlis of neshama that they are secondary and that they are bottle and because of that they are one with the their essence which is the ruchnis of the neshama that the, the highest level of neshama that the highest level of the neshama should be so uh, 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 spread out of itself, so outside of itself, that it totally overwhelms the guf into a total bit. So the, the neshama goes to the furthest chutzah into the guf. In other words, the, what the Magid was basically t- teaching us is that when the malachim went to Esav, the mamish of, of the malachim, the reality of the malachim, the spirituality of the malachim remained connected. The mamish of the malachim went to Esau. But the spirituality of the malachim always remained connected to Yaakov. Which means to say that the ruchnius of the neshama has to function in the, in, the, in the guf, bringing it from the highest level of connection all the way down into the guf. The only way to do the shlichus is when the neshama is connected to its highest source and comes down into the goof and that's the ultimate Yafutzman Asachot. So now we understand what the Magid was saying. The Magid was saying to the Alter Rebbe and to all those of us that are following in the Derech and the, of the Alter Rebbe that the goal of life of us living on this earth is to bring Elokus into this world. The only way we can do that properly is Bishas, we retain our connection to our source and we allow that, that highest level of the Neshama to come down in a level of Yafutsu that it totally overwhelms the Guf. I don't know if overwhelms the right word, but 
I'm sure you'll forgive me, um, that it totally, in Yiddish the word is farfleitzen, it totally overflows the goof to the point that the goof doesn't feel any of its physicality, any of its materialism, and it is totally dedicated to the cause. Now, till now we were explaining from Yafutsuma Nesachachutsa in the world to Yafutsuma Nesachachutsa in the Nisham of Now let's go back to the Yafutsuma Nesachachutsa into the world. The simple understanding is to spread out, to disseminate the wellsprings of Chassidus into every place. The Seder was arranged by the Rabbi. That they sent Shluchim to various places to disseminate and to reveal and to bring out the wellsprings of Chassidus. And this Shlichus also has the same lesson of Malachim Mamish. Meaning to say, it's clear that the shliach has to fulfill the shlichus. Not just on a level to fulfill his obligation, with every fiber of his being. Because then, nevertheless, even though he's doing, he's doing his, every, all of his own efforts, all of gamli, zayr, me'ed, he has to be very careful that the place, the, the outside world that he's going to, where he is teaching and spreading these wellsprings, should not cause on him any descent, any negative effect. And how does a person make sure that the chutzah should not have an effect on him? And on the contrary, that it should be transformed by him to a wellspring of Kedusha. Advice, the proper advice for this is that even when he is involved in chutzah matters, it should be a, a, a permanent in his heart. It should be um, it should be deep into his heart. The feeling that everything he's doing is solely for the fulfillment of the of the purpose, of the intent of his Mishaleach, of the one who sent him out into the world. And this is the lesson that the Magid teaches to Shluchim. Only their goof, only their, their, their physical element should be involved in, the shli, in their shlichus into the chutzah. Their spirituality should remain, should remain totally connected to the Meshaleach to Yaakov. It should be deep, rooted into their hearts. Even while they are engaged in the spreading of the wellsprings. That the fact that they are involved in the chutzah is only because they're fulfilling the shlichus of the Mishaleach. Mibli his arvushum in study. Without involving any ulterior motive, any ulterior issues. Just like the guf, which the guf, once it's impacted by the neshama, his entire entity, his entire essence, is the ruchnius and the neshama. 
So too, when a person is out in the world, is engaged in the world, he has to know that he's there solely for his Mishalech and for nothing else. Because then the Ruchnis of the Shliach is by the Mishalech. If you do a tennis of Alshemtiv, Shavimakim, Shalitsein, Shaladim, Shamonim says the Alshemtiv taught that wherever a person wants to be, that's where he is. So if a person really wants to be by the Mishalech, and the only reason he's in the Chutzah is because he's fulfilling the Shlichas of the Mishalech, and he has no other business in the Chutzah, and he has no other interest in the Chutzah, then he is with his Mishalech, because that's where he wants to be. And when we fulfill this lesson, that the bitter of the chutzah of Esav should be in the manner of Malachim Mamsh, that he's only giving them his gashmias, but his ruchnis remains kosher to the Mishaleach, this itself gives the kayach to fulfill the shlichis, that ultimately the chutzah will be transformed into mayonis, into the wellsprings of Chutzah. Until and that we are zeichet through this to the fulfillment of the promise that the Moshim, the salvation, those who are bringing the Yeshua, are going to go up to be shayfet ar Esav. That the whole world, even even those who are in the level of Esav and the Chutzah, even by them will the Giyet will be they will recognize that the Eibishter is the king, that is the ultimate fulfillment of the Shlichus, that the whole world, even Esav, should acknowledge the, the, the Melech HaElam, that the Eibishter is the king, and the way to get there is by fulfilling the Shlichus in a way that we, that we are engaged in the Shlichus only, and the, 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 there's no other reason and there's no other engagement in the Chutzah because our Ratzin and our Iskashtus is to the Mishaleach and therefore and therefore we could bring the whole world to the Eibishter, to the Mishaleach. The Shana Teva, the Limud Achsidus, the Vedarki Achsidus, the May we be able to, to, to continue learning Chsidus and to bringing the Chsidus into dark, that we learn into Darki Achsidus to, into the fulfillment of our shlichus of Mefitz the Mayonis Chutza, and we should be zeichet to this yield of the coming of Mashiach. Numala Haaretz Deas Hashem Kamayim Mayam Mechasim. Good Yontif.